Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 567 of the Junction Podcast. I'm, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What is up, buddy? Man, I'll tell you what. It doesn't matter how many times that I come on to record and stuff like that. It's just always feels nice to just have something different from the norm, especially from the everyday workday and stuff like that. Just to have that few days off and stuff and just bullshit around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Been watching a whole bunch of Twitch, not gonna lie. I have been like uh, playing some bit of games like here and there, but it's not like anything concrete yet. I haven't really felt in the mood to just play a solidly one game for a while. And kind of kind of be honest with you, it's kind of refreshing. It's that time now where I feel like I need to recharge a lot of the lot of stuff before diving into something just heavy in terms of gaming stuff. Like for example, I did the whole organizing the games beat last week and now I'm just going through and just watching other people play certain games this week. But uh I'm doing good for myself right at this moment. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, about Sam, I agree with you, Cable Sam. We talked about it before. It's just, it's nice. We have this to look forward to every week um, you know, for over a decade now. It's like I've talked about it before. Like, <laughs> this doing this podcast with you was like the one constant of my adulthood. You know, we've uh, <laughs> both, you know, been through relationships, it. job changes, major life changes. You know, added added family members, lost family members. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, here we are, but this is, uh, this podcast Gables, you and I, we're the one goddamn constant, you know, now we're in our, uh, we're in our mid goddamn thirties getting old. Uh, but at the same time, not forgotten. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, well, I'm forgetting a lot of things now, but, uh, more than usual, but you know, it's not, you know, still there. So there's some, some stuff still out there. Um, but I don't know if that's maybe just the accumulation of kids getting harder to stay up late or drinking beer i'm not sure what that is uh <laughs> or just getting older probably all, all all three of those things actually uh but yeah no i'm doing okay otherwise you know just been clanging and banging uh it's a long week cables it's a very long week it's a very trying week um very busy work week uh it's hot as fuck outside um it was definitely uh getting off work last night on friday night and like i tried playing some like i was gonna play some AEW fight forever and like yeah. all of my joints were just hurting i'm like I've never felt this before. <laughs> like, you know, you've had like, you've had like the achy back or your feet hurt or something like that. But I'm like, everything hurts. Like I was just trying to play the, I was just trying to play the game. I'm like hitting buttons and my fingers were hurting. I'm like, I can't play this game anymore. Like I played for like probably 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, I, I just gotta stop. Cause I, it hurts to play video games right now. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Uh, so, uh, uh, uh who knows? Maybe onset of carpet tunnel. Just, yeah, rearing no, it was, just, but it was just like every, like knees, feet, back neck everything was hurting yesterday i think it was just a accumulation of the work week and just been like in the hundred and like tens yeah this week but uh yeah so i, I haven't played much video games either this week i i started a little bit of ox free i'll talk about later um but um i was very exhausted this, today so i was kind of just did a lot of lounging uh today so um but yeah no other than that you know just clanging the bang as always gables feels uh feels good to do this like i said feels good to do this podcast you know uh but uh, yeah, if you guys, you know, if you're fans of the show, you listen to us regularly, or it's your first time, uh, thanks for st- sticking around. But uh, also, um, hit that hit hit the like button, hit the follow button, subscribe buttons, five star reviews, wherever you're listening to us at, um, whether it's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, um, wherever pods are on, we're pretty much on them. If uh, if you're listening, if you're listening somewhere else or 
watching us and you want to listen to us later or somewhere else or just you know just subscribe give us the click give us the download give us a review uh share with your friends tell your friends really do stuff like that really helps out so just do that for us get that five star all that stuff um just whatever podcast services you listen to look up drunk dash or drunk dash podcast whatever you'll find us um and leave that review hit that subscribe button just download you don't have to listen just download the podcast download all five there's 567 of them download them all I want to, I want to look at the chart. I want to see a fresh 567 downloads. That's what I want to see. I'll look at the chart tomorrow. Uh, so so do all do all that, and then you know go over to um, Twitter or X. Is it X? I don't know. Whatever it's whatever it is now, Gables. Go over there. Yeah, X is gonna give it to you. That's what they call them now instead of retweets. Um, but uh, yeah, just go there, do that. Facebook, we're on there as well. You know, follow us on there. Look, just drunk nerds, drunk dressers podcast. Follow us over there, please. But uh, Gables, without further ado, yes. should we get into some of the news this week? Yes, All right. let's dive right in. All right, so start off here, Gables. Um, yeah, it's been a weird summer. I just got to start off before we actually in the news here. Uh, I feel like this feels like a very old school summer where like a lot of shit happened at that typical E3 time. You know, now we had some yeah. Game Fest. And it's yeah. been not much since. It's been a lot of trickling of news. Like we had like we had the FTC and Activision stuff going up in, in Xbox, like, a lot of that we had like a direct and stuff like that, but it's not we we haven't had that like it, it July was a very quiet month I'll just say, um, but we got some decent stuff this week though, um, so Ubisoft has canceled another game, I have yeah. lost count uh, they've canceled well over a dozen games, uh, that they've talked about publicly this isn't just like you know stuff behind the scenes like they've publicly talked about in the last couple of years now, um, and uh. One of the games they they um, actually canceled. Uh, oddly enough, a game that was never actually announced by them uh, was the, the Immortals uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. I believe was the first game was called. Um, the, the the first one came out was that December twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. I want to say twenty twenty. Maybe twenty twenty. I think yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I remember it came out in December, um, and it was like that. It was like very much like a greek mythology like breath of the wild style game and it got middling reviews it wasn't bad but it seemed like people were just kind of like yeah it's a fine game i know people like i know you enjoyed it i know a lot of people that played it like, got into it and liked it uh but i know like for the most part it, but i don't think it like it blew anybody away it was like a solid like seven out of ten kind of game um and it, i don't know how well it sold the problem, like, i don't know if it was like a problem of just like it came out in december and it also came out um there was literally within like a month of each other Ubisoft put out two other big games um oh it was Watch Dogs Legion uh Assassin's Creed Valhalla it was 2020 and this game all came out within like six weeks of each other also around yep. the, the launch of the, the new consoles uh so this game kind of got yep. buried um but uh anyways so this game has been in development at Ubisoft Quebec uh it was canceled earlier this month so in July and um, it was intended to explore different mythologies around uh, Greece with uh, future games. Uh, and this one, they're actually going to uh, do a Hawaiian Polynesian myths. Uh, so, and there's actually, um, this is actually Jeff Grubb talked about this last year. He, he, he announced, he leaked this out. And then also, I think, I can't remember if it was earlier this year or late last year, some screenshots of the game leaked out online as well. And you could see like, looks like a Samoan person. Uh, like was the character you're going to play as. Um, and yeah, so this was uh, delayed. I guess it was like an early playable state. Uh, so it's been wor- being worked on for a while. And I guess it was progressing pretty well. The team felt pretty good about it. 
and they actually canceled it. So, um, oddly enough, though, uh, Ubisoft, so uh, VGC, uh, Andy Robinson announced this, this cancellation. Uh, um, and oddly enough, Ubisoft responded to this. Normally, you know, when this stuff happens, we don't hear a response. And uh, they responded to it and did, in fact, confirm it and say that they are they moved the team over to help out and work on uh, some other projects. And uh, he, Andy Robinson said that project is the Assassin's Creed Red game, which I believe is the uh, Japan game that they're making that I believe is supposed right. to come out. I think it's like rumored to come out next year. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically, you know, it's kind of like the Ubisoft or the, the Activision effect of like we're pulling these teams off of these other games to let's keep this cash cow rolling with Assassin's Creed. Like we've been hearing a lot of them doubling down. Uh, there are now at least six Assassin's Creed games uh, that are they um, Ubisoft has said they're working on. That's just what we know of. Uh, not including like the mobile games, stuff like that. You know, um, there's like the Affinity. There's the VR game. Um, there's Red. There's the Witch one. Uh, there's Mirage. And I can't remember what else is out there. I can't, there's another one that was announced too. I can't remember what it is. Uh, so yeah, we're just kind of in this weird spot where like, I don't know, it was like, I know you played a little bit of uh, um, uh, Immortals. But um, yes, I, I, I was kind of surprised by like, I think a lot of people like I, I've seen a lot more people talk about about that game. Like, man, like I actually enjoyed this game. It just needed a sequel. Um, and I don't know. I know you played a little bit of it. I never got around to playing. It's on uh, PS Plus Extra, I believe. I should probably check it out maybe yep. eventually. But um, I don't know how how you feel about this new Gables. I feel it's a shame. I mean, really, the first game had a good base to it, and you know what it definitely had its own kind of like flaws and its own type of like things that kept it from truly becoming a great game but at the same point this definitely felt like a game to where the sequel could have been a lot better than the initial game that was offered up to point and stuff and it's kind of disappointing because like in terms of the polynesian themes and stuff like that you had a lot of good potential in terms of like what they could delve into the mythos and stuff of that culture and do all that other stuff but uh yeah, it's kind of sad that uh, that game didn't make up enough funds in order to justify not just making a full-on sequel to it, but at the same point, you know, it's like they definitely had a sequel in mind, but moving that team towards other projects, which is mostly Assassin's Creed, like you just touched upon, you know, the whole Activision effect of putting all your major developers on one cash cow and stuff in order to try to dish out like that specific property and stuff and we see how well that's been doing for activision <laughs> yeah yeah but, it, uh, it, well it's like it's a weird thing where like it's it's a long-term issue like short term they're just yes. keeping like they're barely like they're just scraping shit together to get a game out this year and it's like they're just you're just we're fixing today's problems but we're like we're, we're putting band-aids on today's problems but we're bleeding out and it's going to cause long-term effects down the road kind of thing but, but go ahead sorry i cut you off like I was saying, though, it's like the other thing that it tells me is they're really banking hard on Assassin's Creed Mirage this year. And not just that, but like in terms of the future stuff in the next three or four years in that regards. Because cutting off the small, like smaller projects that are not going to be doing like so well financially. I mean, it doesn't surprise me too much that they did go through and cancel the sequel of it. Even though, like I said before, it's a shame. The sequel could have been a lot better. 
Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of business decisions Ubisoft has been making over the past couple months in terms of like saving years. it. Yeah. Kind of wish that uh, they could have did the same thing with Skull and Bones, but, <laughs> you know, they have yeah. an obligation in order to put out this game. Yeah, yeah. With Vietnam, uh, not Vietnam. Uh, I can't remember what it is now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's so weird, like, what's going on, like, in the gaming industry where it's like, I am not like at all a, like a smart financial person. Like I'm not terrible with it. I mean, I do have a lot of shit back there. You can see on my right. shelf, but um, not. But like, it's just so it's it's baffling to me. Where like, I can I see like these things like okay, this isn't gonna work. Like oh, this is a problem. And I mean, I mean, I imagine they do too. But it's like, I hope they do at least. But it's like, what is the like? I don't know. This is like going not to go on a rain about the stock market type thing, but it's like, yeah, we're just like, you know, we are just trying to keep the price up as much as possible and not hurt ourselves as much. But like just to get by today, what is it? What's the saying? Um, I'll gladly take a hamburger a day and I'll pay you tomorrow, whatever it is. I can't remember what the, the saying is, but like you're just, I don't know. You're just delaying the inevitable here. You're actually making it worse for yourself by trying to just keep up today and like, you know, you're not investing long-term in your company. We're like, yeah, and we have a problem here where like it's, but it's like what I say about like me, like seeing this issue, cause we've seen this issue with like, but the problem is like when you look at Activision, you look at like an EA where it's like EA has a FIFA and a, and a, and a Madden that there's a lot, there's issues there. Don't get me wrong, but right. those games still produce their, at the very least, they are still good games. Like they're fun to play. There's just, there's other problems there. Don't get me wrong, but they're still like putting out solid games. They're putting them out every year, and they make them a, close to a billion dollars, a billion dollars a piece every year. So they always have this thing that pays money for everything else. Like that's they're they're solid off that. You look at 2K where like they have uh or Take Two where they have NBA 2K. They have Grand Theft Auto Online. It's just printing money for them still um like they just don't want to put games out and they're fine um you look at activision like yeah like there's a lot of issues we talk about call of duty but it's like those games are still making tons of money for them like yeah we talk yeah. about like the issue like they're running out of ideas like they're just going back to old ideas like uh but we you know but it's easy for us to say because we're not in the ecosystem it's like it's like when i hear people talk talk about madden and their issues i'm like i still love Madden. i put 100 plus hours every year uh, you know, kind of thing. So it's like it's easy from like being outside of it to like talk about it in that sense. But yeah, those. But they still have Call of Duty still printing them a billion plus dollars every year. Um, but Ubisoft doesn't have that, and it's like this issue. No, and like, but we talked about them like they were the trendsetter a decade ago, going into that PS4, Xbox One generation. They were building the games of the future. Like the games, a lot of the games that we play now are just basically. The, like the buildup of the games that they originally they, they made those games initially and like the yes. map games all that like I'm not, they didn't invent open world games but like the formula that we follow in most big games now they invented um hell even nintendo has borrowed a lot of those aspects especially when it yeah. comes to some of their open yeah i mean games. you look at i mean fucking like i mean i don't don't really freak out here breath of the wild a lot of the things they kind of took from it i'm not saying obviously there's way more to that game it's way better than anything they ever made trying to put out a million things here so no one gets mad at me but the the base idea of what a map game is like they kind of took some of the formula of that so with the towers and all that like 
they they kind of built the formula, and obviously Breath of the Wild just built upon that formula. Uh, but yep. back to Ubisoft here, um, they don't have that, and we see them just throwing shit out, trying to make shit work, and but it's like it's obvious that they have like, but it's like I talk about every now and again, like a lot, but like a lot of times with game, like us as gamers, you could tell when they're not confident in something. You could tell when they're trying to hide shit. You could tell when they're extremely confident and they know full goddamn well this thing is going to hit. Like, look at Starfield. They put up almost hour-long direct out just for Starfield. Oh, no shit. You look at PlayStation did a whole state of play just for Final Fantasy 16. We, like, we, when, like, when, uh, you know, like, Nintendo with, with, with Tears of the Kingdom, like, we didn't know anything about that game until it came out. Like, literally, like, yes. two weeks before they did a, like, a 10-minute gameplay, uh, uh, direct for it and like that was the first time we saw actual gameplay for that game um you know it's like we don't have to show you shit and you're gonna buy it and it's gonna be awesome and you know what they were right um so yeah like it, it but it's so obvious like we see like they we, they've thrown out these uh multiple live service like these battle royale style games that just came and went or they announce a game and then like they do some shit like a couple betas and it doesn't do well. People don't like they get bad reports of the beta. And it just goes away for a long time and then like they bring it back years later, or they rework it, um, or like royal, royal uh, what was it royal champion royal, roller champions? They like yeah, announced like three years, four years ago, uh, and then they just literally put it out like with a week's notice. It's free to play game. It's out next week, and that was it. And like it was like cool. People played it. It was talked about for like a day. And we're talking about it again. Um, and now we see them, like I thought about, like the Call of Duty thing, where they're just like, we've seen like Toys for Bob and all these companies get shut down by Activision Blizzard to just go work on Call of Duty games to keep that going and Overwatch going, stuff like that. And we're seeing this with that, where it's like, the problem is like they're investing so much other shit. Like they're not building anything else. I'm sure they got other little things. I'm sorry, I'm not saying that, but like they're cutting so much other things off that the problem is is like say what happens in a few years we're like what if we get to the part where we what most gamers were with with, with Assassin's creed where we were so burnt out on it in like the mid-2010s that they had to take a year off and like totally redo the whole formula with uh with um not origins and basically just do the fall and then they just kind of did the witcher games and the, we we they did three pretty good great games for a lot of people um and then we kind of got burnt out again, and now they took a year off, and now we're getting Mirage. Hey, we're going back, uh, but then we're going, then we're also going to go right back with Red. We're going to go back to the Witcher formula. Uh, but what happens in a few years when like that formula is not hitting, and maybe it's like not selling as well, or it's not doing enough to pay for everything else? You know, like we, we, Far Cry Six came out a couple years ago, and it's like it sold well, but it's like that was the first time where it's like even like the the hardcore fans were just like. Yeah, it was okay. Like I played it, but I wasn't like I didn't love it like the last ones, you know. Um, and I was the same way. I put like five, six hours, and I'm like, I'm just kind of bored, you know. And then I hear like it takes like forty hours to beat. I'm like, no, I'm out. Like Valhalla, you know, I've beaten all the past three games. I got the Valhalla. I put like fifteen hours into it, and I talk to somebody. It's like, no, it's like legitimately like a seventy, eighty hour game. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm done. I'm moving on. Um, and it sucks, you know, because like there's good games here. It's just like they're too bloated or you just get tired of the formula. Um, so, yeah, like what, what happens a couple years here where like Far Cry 7 comes out, like there's multiple Far Cry games in, in development. There's 
a half dozen or more. They they said they were, in January they said they were increasing the amount of employees working on Assassin's Creed games by forty percent. Forty percent. There's over two thousand people working on Assassin's Creed games right now, and that's just the one. So that doesn't make sense. I mean, I know they they use a lot of people in terms of like a creating a one Assassin's Creed game, but at the same point is like, what else do they really have to go forth and have that many people on for? I mean. Well, I mean, I, I get to certain aspects where it's like, you know, the games take longer than ever, and the expectations are higher than ever. The games are gonna be kind of, we kind of keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We want better. We want, you know, there is a fan. There's that fan in you, like, where the expectations become are, are getting like at certain points, maybe a little bit un, unreal, unrealistic on our side, and that's admitted. I can I can admit that. Uh, sometimes like maybe we expect too much, um, but we also want them as fast as possible. So there is that to it. Um, yeah, so like I get why. I mean, having six Assassin's Creed games maybe in development is maybe not that crazy of an idea. Right. Announcing them so fucking so early in advance maybe is a crazy idea. I don't know, uh, but I mean that's been the issue with Ubisoft forever. Is like they announce so many games so far in advance and then we don't hear about half of them or we don't hear about them for years, um, or they're like five projects down the line. I don't know. I just it's crazy. We're like we've seen this with like EA. We've seen this with uh, Activision. It's like we see Activision. You know they cut everything off to like all they had left was call of duty the, like call of duty and that was it and they sold the studio off to, to xbox or microsoft rather uh because yeah. they knew that they were like they fucked themselves down the line ea were like we just want big live service and multiplayer games and all like we just want everybody's got to work in this formula everybody's got to make games in our engine we can't do anything else and now we've seen them like with multiple star wars games now uh dead space um I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of their games here too. Uh, even like the, the like Immortals of Avium or like um, what's uh, it takes two shit like that. Like like I've been talking about for the last like few years now. They've been killing it. They've been doing awesome. Like they still have their other shit, but like they are making other great games that are selling well and they're good. And like it's like it's ex- like we're actually excited for EA games again. Um, so yeah, like it's it's so crazy. It's like they changed because they knew they had to. And like I said, it helps that they have they have a FIFA and they have a Madden that will keep them going. But it's like I don't know, like maybe we, we talked like Assassin's Creed. That first game was so was was I thought it was a good game, but it was nowhere near the expectations that they set for us. And then they made two, mm-hmm. and that was like that set the franchise that built upon it. Uh, Far Cry three. That, I mean, that was you know it's like that that's what set the franchise. Um, not I don't know if Immortals could have done that, but they had a had a good quality game there. That could have been something if they built upon it. Watch Dogs 2 was... Like, Watch Dogs 1, I know, got, it gets a lot of shit. And it was... I always talk about I defend the game. Like, it's not I'm not saying it was great. Never said it was great. But it was a good game. It just did not right. live up to the expectation at the moment. And then Watch Dogs 2 came out, and it was fucking awesome. And then they made Watch Dogs Legions, and it was not. It was... It's like, what are you doing? Boring. Yeah, it was just not a good game. And it's like, man, you had it with 2. That game fucking ruled. Like, you made an awesome game there. And you fucked it up. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they just fucked it up. I don't know. It's just it's, it's baffling that like we see what all these other big studios like th- th- that basically have the same issues that Ubisoft is having, and we've seen what happens when like EA pivot pivoted and cracked it a little bit here, and they went back and they made solid games, and Activision didn't, and they sold the studio. So I don't know. I hope I hope they turn around because I, I you know I want we want more big studios. You could talk a lot of shit about these people and like the, some of their business practices. Like I'm not gonna defend some of that shit, but it's like 
these big studios being around, not being owned by PlayStation or Microsoft, like bigger, you know, these we want as many of these as possible. We want more, more big games to happen. You know, like it's I always think it's stupid rude against companies like this, but uh, yeah, that's what's companies, but like good games, like it's stupid rude, rude against games. Uh, so I don't know. I hope I hope they can turn around. I, I you know I'm always gonna hope for them, but uh, not feeling great. Gables. Something I maybe feel great about though. Gables. Pokemon presents possibly on August eighth. Uh, so oh, yeah. what's going on here is a line of code was found in the latest update for the mobile Pokemon game, uh, Ma- uh, Pokemon Masters EX, uh, that refers to an in-game campaign um, relating to a Pokemon Presents, and the campaign is due to start on August 8th. Um, every recent, so for what I understand here, uh, every recent Pokemon Present presentation has uh, featured a tie-in uh, to, the, to the game, an in-game event, and usually always starts that same day. So... Uh, August 8th is not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So yep. about a week and a half away. Um, we, we've talked about this, that we, we thought there would be one eventually sometime this late, late summer or, yeah. or September. Uh, there is the um, the DLC that is supposed to be happening for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, we're supposed to get part one this fall and then part two early next year. Uh, and we have not. We haven't got a deep dive at all. We haven't seen even get really. DLC. Yeah. We haven't really gotten gameplay for it. We got some like, like little like like you know like little shots of like what to expect, but we haven't seen like what are we doing? What's the point of this? Uh, they've been taking pre-orders for fucking six months now though for it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're I know we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get like what's the Pokemon MOBA game? Uh, it's actually pretty decent. I'm sure we'll get updates. Oh, Pokemon Unite. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty decent actually. You know, uh, but uh, I imagine we'll get some we'll get stuff like they're gonna fill and stuff like that. Like they're, and they're always kind of different in time like they're not, they're not like somewhere like just like 10 15 minutes so uh some are like literally a trailer so um you know we talked about the pokemon 5 rumors uh last week but how, how you feel gables yep. about you know like do you think assuming this happens uh i feel like it's a decent chance i won't be shocked but I, I feel pretty good that it will happen um maybe not on the 8th but around that point we'll get something they have to do one soon but um how, how, how excited are you for this DLC? And do you think we hear more about the future of Pokemon? Let's see. As far as my excitement for the expansions that will be coming out towards the end of this year. Well, honestly, it's really kind of mixed right now. Not going to lie. The first, like finishing up Pokemon Scarlet, didn't really have too much motivation to play any more afterwards and stuff. That really kind of like played a large factor in me not being interested when the first DLC hit. But at the same time, the second expansion really does kind of have my attention because it ties into a lot of the rumors that are coming out of the potential of some game or some major thing happening in terms of tie in a lot of the Generation 5 games towards another supposed game that's rumored. But uh, in terms of the future of the Pokemon stuff, I am kind of excited because of the possibility of Game Freak twisting generation five into a different direction that isn't just the stereotypical oh hey let's remake this generation of pokemon games and then from there we can just go forth and just do whichever because the last thing they did that was with brilliant diamond and shining yeah. pearl which you know what those yeah. were meh really those were yeah. kind of met at best because you had a great game at its core but at the same time the stylings, the presentation of it, 
everything else was a step down to what came previously in terms of a remake, which was Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Things that were invested inside, not just the looks department, not just new features, but also in terms of like the different variety of Pokemon that you had a chance to play. Yeah. And there were other new aspects inside of those two games alone that justified the purchase of both Omega Or even Let's, the Let's Go games. ones. Let's Go ones were fun, too. I mean, I actually liked the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu over, say, like, Brilliant yeah. Diamond, only because... I still have my Pokeball sitting here. With... <laughs> I haven't used yeah, it well, since! <laughs> what's funny is, it's like, not just saying, like, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are bad games. I mean, no, no, far from it. They're still good games in and of itself, but in comparison to what I have personally played previously, as have a lot of Pokemon fans with Pokemon Platinum the remakes of, like, uh, Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver, Omega Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire. We have played better Pokemon games that have presented themselves well with new features from these remasters. So, in regards to the future, I am sort of excited because they're trying... They may be trying something different other than just recycling something that's stale, give it off to a different type of developer, and then have them produce their own type of remakes for a generation. Because I feel like, personally, it was a huge misstep to go with that direction for Brilliant yeah. Diamond and well, Shining that was... Pearl. Because... No, sorry to cut you off, but that was, that was not made by them, right? That wasn't Game Freak. Yeah, okay. No. No, it wasn't Game Freak. It was, like, Dyna or something like that. Not yeah. Dina or something it's like that. It was another... Studio. It was... It was a support studio. That's exactly right. It was a support studio that was separate from, like, Game Freak. But, like I was saying, though, it's like, Generation 5, even if it's like, say, like, a Legends Arceus, or if it's, like, a like style game, or if it's just a full-on sequel to Black 2 and White 2, I mean, it's something that's completely different in that aspect. But, uh, I'm more so excited in seeing the rest of Expansion 2. I know we're not going to be seeing a lot of previews of a supposed Pokemon Directs immediately because we're seeing the gameplay aspects of the Teal Mask and what it, it revolves yeah. around. But at the same point, I'm excited more so for the second expansion. But uh, like I was stating previously before, I really am not too excited right now in terms of what they got going so far. Scarlet was its own thing, had a lot of myriad of problems, and they have not issued any type of major updates to fix a lot of those glitches <clears throat> and problems, and Nintendo purposely let this yeah. thing go for over almost close to a year now. That's way too yeah. long. And quite honestly, the amount of content they got present right now with the Teal Mask does not in my honest opinion, justify purchasing those two expansions yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I what are they thirty bucks? I'm not even sure. Um. It's about thirty-five, 35 actually. Uh, I don't know why the yeah, five dollars made me more even angrier. It's like it's five dollars more, but I was like, ah, thirty dollars, eh, whatever. Thirty-five, fuck off. Really? Uh, I don't know why that made me mad, but um, yeah, um, yeah, it's so it's so weird. I'm in a weird place, Pokemon, where it's like, I'm excited what's next, but it's like, there's that part of you, it's like, you're a scorn, we're a scorn lover right now, and it's like, it's like, I want to love you, but, man, you really let me down, 
and you really haven't apologized for the last thing you just did uh, and you want me to like go back and love you some more um i don't know and you haven't like yeah uh you haven't tried to change at all try to fix anything uh but yeah i don't think we're gonna hear anything from that maybe because like you look at normally like they're they have a formula typically for um pokemon announcements where it's like they usually do something on big on pokemon day like they had the scarlet violet announcements like the year before that they had legends arceus and the, the gen 4 announcements. But usually like they announce like what they're doing for the next year on pokemon day um and then like the, the rest of the pokemon presents are usually just updates from there um yes so i think this i i, I do maybe they tease something but i don't i i think it's really would just be like we gotta do a deep dive on this expansion that they're trying to sell us and uh because this is like their big thing for the uh for the fall um i don't know yeah i think yeah i think you're right where like it felt like from like the little bit of like gameplay stuff that we did get uh at the last direct where it was like it really feels like part one is like it's the typical nintendo thing where it's like there's two there's two part dlc here uh but you have to buy all of it you can't buy just one or the other and the first one is like nothing that you're really like nothing to get too excited for it's like here's a little bit more content but it's like nothing and then but part two is like the big expansion thing that you actually care about um so right. yeah like I, I think that's gonna be the case but like i wonder like yeah i don't know i think it's just gonna be like a more of a deep dive on what these are and i don't know like i will be cautiously optimistic for this i guess because like I want, you know, it's like I want to want to be excited for Pokemon and what's next from them. You know, I want a Pokemon Legends 2. Um, you know, I would love, I'm still holding out hope for that Pokemon uh, Let's Go uh, Generation 2 game. I think that's like the dream. I've been talking about that for years now. Uh, that's been my ultimate dream for them to make that. Um, or just like a even better full-blown remake of uh, Generation 2 of uh, Gold and Silver. Uh, but um, I think today is the... 22nd anniversary of the release of Crystal. Um, uh, um, today I saw that on Twitter. As I remember that game reveal, maybe in Japan. Maybe, maybe it's Japan. I'm not sure. It could be Japan. It's Japan. It's in America. I think it released in September. Did it? Okay. I, I just saw it was today's. I don't remember what year. I think it was 2001 that was the Crystal. Maybe it was 2000. I'm not sure. It was today's the anniversary of that of Crystal being uh, released, though. Um, my. Fun fact about Pokemon Crystal. When that game released and stuff, I actually got that from Costco. My mom actually bought that for me back then. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I remember, yeah, I remember it. Because I remember reading Nintendo Power magazines going up for it to that release. Yeah, I, I'm, I was getting it for Christmas, and that was like the last one I ever played through uh, was Crystal. Um, still one of the coolest, so, mo- hypest moments ever, though, when you, you, beat, you beat the Elite Four, and then you find out you go back to Gen 1. And like, oh, shit. And then at the end, you fight Red. Oh, it's awesome. Um, it's still one of the coolest moments in gaming history. Um, but, uh, man, just imagine Gables in, like, today, with, like, technology we have today. That moment of walking up the hill and seeing Red in, like, today's graphics. Fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, that was so epic back then. Yeah. I really am surprised and never tried to antiquate, like, two different regions inside of the same game yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, or just a call back to previous generations. Like that, you're just doing that, like basically fighting yourself from Gen One again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I man, it's, I'm just I don't know. I'm just so conflicted with Pokemon. It's like 
it's so weird. It's like I want to like not give you money because I'm mad at you, but I just want you to do something goddamn cool again because like I want to love you. It's so weird. I, I it's it's a weird. I'm like this is like a weird spot for me. But uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch the thing. We will watch it if it if it happens. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, it, it's so yeah. weird because you're like you're the Pokemon guy. You always have been. Uh, and it's like it's so weird. Like, um, I've always been the guy. Like, I've jumped back into it. You know, with uh, X and Y, like that 2014. Jesus Christ, it's been almost a decade. 2013. It's been a decade. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I've always been. I jump into it because it gives me that nostalgia of being a child. And it's like, you know, you're still that hardcore fan. It's so crazy. Like, we are like, for the first time ever, like, in the same wavelength with, with Pokemon right now. It's so it's so weird. Um, yeah, but um, moving on here though, uh, yeah, we'll go with this one. Um, so, Insomniac Gables is making a third fucking video game. Um, <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, to think about. so crazy. When we hear all these studios, like, <laughs> like they're we're getting like one game a generation from some of these studios, and like here they are pumping out. They've already pumped out two. We're getting a third one uh, in like three months. Uh, and we got another one coming next year and possibly another one shortly after that. Uh, so I'll leave it up. This was like, there was a, they, uh, the director, uh, Aaron Everhart, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Uh, so she yeah. did an interview at full sale university last September. Um, and it just now like made the rounds on social media this week, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, that none of this leaked, um, otherwise, uh, so she previously worked for PlayStation, uh, at the PlayStation now, uh, uh, on the Sony Actor Interactive team, she also was uh, working for Blizzard uh, on the esport uh, initiative, and then she came back, uh, I believe, in 2021 to uh, uh, to Insomniac. Uh, and this, uh, she said, this is actually my first AAA game. Uh, I'm the project director here on Unannounced Project. I'm very excited to uh, be actually making the games now. Um, so. She came back around the same time that a job listing went out for Insomniac for for working on a multiplayer game. So, but I think a lot of people are assuming this is a multiplayer game. Um, also, around that same time, they got the rights back to um, Sunset Overdrive, which was the uh, X, like that was the Xbox One. Oh. Uh, it was like came out sh- shortly after yeah. launch for Xbox One. Uh, they got the rights. PlayStation got the rights back for that one. I think a lot of us assumed there would be like. They like reput. They just put the game out again, you know. Um, PlayStation, which never actually happened. Uh, some people are like talking about that is a Ratchet game. Everybody's talking about All for One. I've been hearing a lot about All for One, uh, the Ratchet Click game from was that PS2. I want to say or PS3, um, the multiplayer game. Right. Um, you know, or is it, it Spider Man? Something like that. Uh, I don't. Know, it was like, how how are you feeling about potentially a third game from them and possibly being a live service game? And what if it's like what what if they were making a live service game of the like of the IPs I mentioned, what would be the one that you think could be the best? Well, it definitely wouldn't be Sunset Overdrive or anything else like oh, that. Good. I mean, it's good game. It's good, but at the same time, it didn't have the math appeal to like a let's say a Russian plane or like a Spider Man or like any of the other IPs they come up with. Oh, yeah, but you're trying to cut out, Billy. Yeah, I can hear you. He's just cutting out. One second. I'm going to pause this. Okay. Let's get this. 
Well, honestly, when it comes to the live service stuff, I don't really believe it's going to be a property, say, like a Sunset Overdrive or something like that. But I'll tell you what, though. The one property I think makes the most sense in terms of a live service type of aspect is Resistance. Mm. Re Resistance okay. is a property well, that hasn't been... <laughs> yeah, Resistance is a property that hasn't been touched since Resistance 3 on the PS3. And Insomniac was a major developer in terms of like presenting that game in a way that could, you know, from other aspects and stuff, could benefit from a live service type of foray into it. Because it's like you have that general game world, you have that that type of perspective. It's a familiar brand with longtime PlayStation fans because of the fan base that it accumulated through the PlayStation 3, that trilogy of games. But having it to an extent to where if that was going to be presented for and foremost, that's something that you can have like PlayStation gamers or something like this. Gamers in general want to invest in from day one. As long as you have the different types of weapons from both the humans and the chimera and stuff like that present, as long as you get the missions that are relatively good and have good storytelling with it. Granted, I've only played through the original Resistance Fall of Man, which I thought was fine. You know, it was a solid 8 out of 10 personally for me, but I know that there are plenty of gamers out there that really love Resistance 2 and the multiplayer that that had, and also Resistance 3 because the story, the whole tying up and the loose ends and stuff. But even if it's like a reboot in terms of like the Resistance franchises of itself, something barring like Nathan Graves and stuff like that, I mean, that... That in itself has a lot more potential in terms of having it be like a lucrative sort of like free to play, like live service style of game, or maybe even not like that. Maybe even it's just like a reboot of just Resistance Fall of Man, you know, in terms of this Your remake. Age. Oh, yeah, like a remake of that in sort of this mm -hmm. day and age, but then having some form of like live service things maybe tied to it that could be potential moneymaker. I mean, we can't really dismiss this is because. Insomniac was key to making that franchise as good as it was, and Sony hasn't really done every, anything with that series ever since, you know, back before, you know, they purchased, like, Insomniac to have them develop yeah. games now. So, that was like, well, they bought them in, like, 2019, I think? 2019, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. No, it's interesting. I, I totally forgot that was the Insomniac thing. So, who did Killzone? No, that was uh, that, was... that's the uh, Horizon team. Yeah, that's a Horizon team. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I, I totally forgot about that franchise. Uh, kills on another one that they just uh, we haven't heard anything about. Like, oh, since that was a PS4 launch game. Um, honestly, see, any type of first-person shooter is really ripe for them in terms of their properties for like uh, yeah, a like SoCom. Wow. Yeah. SoCom, uh, Killzone, Resistance. Yeah. Resistance as the most appealing. The most appeal out of all three of those, in my personal opinion. Yeah, maybe with like more modern day, because like SOCOM really hasn't been a thing since like the PS2 era. Like yeah. I know they made that one on three. They made the one on PS3 that just kind of like came. I remember it came with the headset and shit. Um, oh yeah, I think it was Zipper shit. Interactive put that thing out and stuff, and unfortunately they closed like not even too long after that game. Yeah. Released. Yeah, I remember the same thing happened with Twisted Metal. They put that PS3 one. They put yep. it out, and then like a month later they shut the studio down. Um, yeah. Uh, what's that's what I forgot what I was gonna say. What was the uh, the multi big multiplayer game? Not Mag, the like the robot one, something Hawk. Oh, you mean like Warhawk? Or Warhawk, like... there was a sequel too. Um, 
Oh my god, Warhawk, and then the sequel to it was Starhawk. Starhawk, yeah. Like, uh, there's so many like random franchises like back then that they can like repurpose now and like. Absolutely. Monsters came out. It's so weird. I I, I guess though you want like maybe it's just because they're so old or they were just like they weren't great games, but they're just fine games. Maybe it's just better off making new new IPs or something. I don't know. It's uh, actually yeah. we're at that point now to where we're far away from the PS3 and Xbox 360 and Wii generation to where going back to the going back to the well in terms of like getting some of the pre twenty like pre two thousand nine style of games or something like that. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that way. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'd hope it'd be awesome. If they did like a remake, cause I totally like a Resistance or something because I totally as a you know I totally missed that franchise. Um, same with Killzone. Totally, that was another one I just totally missed. Uh, but uh. Yeah, you know, if I'm looking at it, if it's a multiplayer game, like, yeah, maybe, like, yeah, they, they can make a solid, like, resistance game. That makes sense Yeah. Uh, for them. Like, and we, we've been talking about, like, you know, with this whole Xbox deal where, like, you know, they, they signed the deal for 10 years through 2034. Yep. So that means, like, 2035, they may not get a Call of Duty game. I, I think they will if Call of Duty is still Call of Duty in 2035, which, my God, we'll be in our mid-40s by then, Gables. Um <laughs> I know, if it's right? still it's still hot back in, from uh, and then, which is just crazy to think, but you know, like they need to like replace they need they need their own big shooter game to replace that revenue, uh, and keep those fans around, you know, and maybe starting off with a resistance game like a, a first person shooter live service game, not a bad place to start because most of the big uh, live service games now out there are shooter games, so it makes sense yeah. to like try to make one of your own. So uh, I I can see that happening. So I don't know. I'm... As long as they can differentiate themselves from like the other first-person shooter games and stuff, and have their own gimmick that makes it worthwhile wanting to play over and over, then Sony should honestly be fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 hopeful. I'm, you know, I, I you know I if I hope for their sake one hits. You know, it sucks if they wasted all these years and money on development for these games and they just kind of we they don't get with just a wasteland of dead live service games, but uh. I don't know. We will have to wait and see Gables on that one. Let's move on, though, to our last topic here. Uh, so Sakurai did a, a YouTube video uh, on his YouTube channel. Uh, what if Sakurai just became a VTuber, Gables? I was saying about this the other day. <laughs> How would you feel about that? Personally, I just, I wouldn't, I'd be out at that point. I'd just ban. If Sakurai just became a VTuber yeah, in general. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I don't know, man. I, I mean... It all depends upon what type of content he'll actually put out. <laughs> it's, what if it was the kinky kind? Yeah, it'd be out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like his games though, but uh, it's like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't support this VTuber. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, really, I'm, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's life. I'm just kidding around, kind of. Uh, but seriously, fuck. Uh, anyways, uh, so he did a, a video. He was, talking, he was kind of talking about the the future of Smash, and he said, uh, actually, kind of, I thought real fast here, something that's kind of interesting. He said he didn't learn about the 2008 Wii game Smash Bros. Brawl until E3 when the Nintendo announced it. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it sounds like Nintendo. Uh, so something else he was talking about here though was um, the question now is what happens next. Uh, I mean, whatever comes after Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, one option would be to separate the series from its original creator. But for now, at least, I can't imagine a Smash Bros. title without me. You might think that's a natural stance for someone in my role, but I say so speaking objectively. Uh, I feel the same way President Wada did when he when we formed the team for Smash Bros. Uh, 
Smash Brothers Brawl. At present, we, we don't have someone who can simply take the reins. Smash Brothers is a massive, important title for Nintendo, so it's fair to assume there will be another one at some, some point, but it's going to take some work to figure out exactly how to make that happen. Uh, for my part, I'd like to keep uh, working with Nintendo however I'm, I'm able. So, uh, kind of a real statement there, you know, from, you know, typically, they don't, we don't get shit like this usually from Nintendo, from anybody from them. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's been this, I mean, it's been the question we've literally asked ourselves, like, everybody, everybody's been asked themselves, like, before Ultimate came out, when they, everybody's here at uh, E3 2018, you know, that game didn't come out until December. We're all like, how do they top this? And then we got the two DLC packs on top of that as well. It's like, how the fuck do they top this? You know, we're talking about, I think we're up to 80 characters now in this game. Um, like, do you just do like an upgrade for the, say, assuming the Switch 2 is just a, a upgrade of that and it's backwards compatible. Maybe they just do like an update, pay $10 for the upgrade. It runs better or whatever. Um, and they just do more DLC packs. But I mean, eventually they're going to want to put a brand new $70 uh, Smash Bros. out there. Um, oh, obviously. And it's it's been the question, like, I think about, sim- not like, you know, once a month, but like, probably once a quarter, you know, I sit there, I look at my copy of Smash Bros. Ultimate, I'm like, fuck, man. It's like, it's been five years, almost, since the last one came out. Um, and I don't know what the fuck they do from here. Uh, like, and it sounds like he doesn't know. Maybe he, maybe, obviously, he probably has a lot more than he's leading on. To what the future of Smash Brothers is. He I mean he is the creator, uh, but yeah, like, do they just? I don't know, cause like I hear people say, oh, you just reboot and you start over from like ground one. You go and go back to the '64 game, and you just go back. You go small, but it's like you can't. No, that's no, people. You can't go back after doing no. what you just did. There has to, with that type of four way. If you're gonna go and make another Smash Brothers, people already have high-in-the-sky expectations now from what exactly they were able to produce, and that was simultaneously one of the best, if not the best, crossover fighting game of that was ever released. Yeah. So, in terms of the properties, in terms of the characters and everything else, you're not going to get all these characters coming back in terms of aspect ever again. So, for them to top something of that sort isn't... It's not an easy thing to do. It's not definitely not going to be something that is going to be achievable unless they want to go the easier route which is improve upon the game currently which if they have another system coming out in the next couple of years the most logical sense to be like a mario kart 8 approach really i mean i would maybe not like so much with new fighters or something like that but i'm just saying there are general improvements that Smash Brothers Ultimate just really needs. The online in this game is absolutely terrible. If Nintendo themselves actually created a better like online infrastructure to allow, like say, rollback netcode for a lot of their different like fighting games, including Smash, that would be a, definitely a good key thing that would entice more people to want to play it. But that also involves Nintendo having to read to their entire online stuff for the next <laughs> system that comes out, which, you know, that's pretty far-fetched to expect Nintendo to do something of that. I'm sorry to say, but here's the thing. When it comes to Nintendo and online stuff, they have been behind the curve quite a bit. But 
if we're looking at theoretically what would top what Smash Brothers Ultimate has done, you have to go forth. I maybe not have to, but an idea to be pitched upon is to create is to improve the current version of what we have available now, and re and like repackage it in a way and do enough changes in a way that's going to help not only improve the game's online but also improve a lot uh, in terms of like how the game is readily presented currently. So even if it's like improvements of like the match connection stuff or if it's an improvements in like how like how you're going to be playing this game with like with your friends or more so with that, you know. I mean, it's definitely something that Nintendo could repackage, sell for $70 and then hey, you want the new Smash Brothers right here? It still has all the characters and stuff from the previous version, but this is going to be like within an update, or it's going to be with some like a performance patch or something like that for the yeah. next system. You know, I mean, there are ways around having to do that, but that's one conversation. But if we're looking towards the next Smash Brothers game, I believe Sakurai is fairly generous, like, fairly honest in what he's saying and stuff. It's like, it is definitely a difficult aspect thinking about some other group of people going through and creating the next Smash Brothers because of the work that Sakurai has done over the past 20 or so on years for this series. But... But... I believe that with a new Smash Brothers game, I don't believe it's going to be anywhere close to Ultimate, but I do believe that a great Smash Brothers game, a new one in the works, could be in the cards, and I do believe that is possible. But yet, people are going to have to entirely lower their expectations for a lot of what we just had over the past five yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, if they try to resell me, a port of Smash Bros. Ultimate, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Because um, that means that we don't have backwards compatibility. Which, at that point, fuck yeah. off. Uh, but, um... Yeah, like, I... It would have to be substantial in order for us to rebuy Super Smash Bros. Well, just to, not to have backwards compatibility at that point. Which is, yeah, but, um... Really, yeah, yes. like, the online would be better, but I have no faith in them. Like, Xbox launched 20 years ago at a better state than where Switch Online is right now. And uh, Xbox Live is now is going to be dead here in a couple months. Think about that. The entire lifetime of Xbox Live is better at any point of it than Nintendo's online has ever been. Um, but, um, like, that could be great. But uh, that's that's more of, like, a... I don't think it's even a Smash issue. That's a Nintendo online issue. Um, yeah, I, I, man, it's, it, I, it's, it's, it's the million-dollar question. It's a billion-dollar question. Like, how the fuck do you make, like, part of me is, like, with Sakurai, where it's, like, man, like, I just kind of want you to go out. It's, like, I, I've talked about, I made this analogy before, where it's, like, we love, like, these these athletes. You know, we watch, you know, Tom Brady or uh, Brett Favre or um, Peyton Manning or LeBron James, Michael Jordan, all these guys, the greatest of all times, do what they do. And when they retire, it's, like, so, like, retire and they're still good. It's, like, man, like, you're so, you're still so fucking good. And then a lot of them they stick around one year too long and it's like, it's kind of sad to watch uh, kind of thing. And I'm not, I don't think at any point Sakurai is going to come out and put a bad game out, but like, man, like what if it just kind of comes out and it's just kind of like, 
it's like it's still a great game but it's like man like it just can't compare to ultimate kind of thing or like why don't we like if he just bowed out after this like totally makes sense and he always talked about how tired he was <laughs> boy when making these games and needing a break so maybe he got the break he needed and like he's ready to go back part of me though it's like man i'd love to see how he tops it it's one of those things where like maybe maybe he makes that next one it's just too much and it's you know like i mean we've seen like you know brawl i brawl had a lot of problems you know there's a whole the whole tripping thing yeah. where it was fucking stupid um you look yep. at like really you even look at the, the smash games on the wii u and the 3ds like 3ds one was not really that great it's fine uh the one on the one on uh, wii u was good and really the ultimate is just an expansion of the wii u version it's all like they reuse all of the, the maps and all the characters well it's all, all the characters and the maps all the dlc from the, the wii u version and they just brought it over and they just built upon that with ultimate and that's what really all they did um really all they did when yes. it, it's a lot bigger than I, i'm not trying to undercut what they did there but yeah like i don't know I, I mean do you like it's do you just keep adding more characters at that point and like i don't know like do you re- completely reset i don't know it's just yeah I, it's it, this is the impossible question the answer but nintendo you know like we, we spent seven years talking about six years how the fuck they're gonna talk breath top breath of the wild and they kind of did it. So like, I, I trust the Nintendo or people. There's people in, in uh, the right positions to figure out a way to top it. So, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, we're gonna have to wait a while probably to see. Um, but uh, let's move on here to uh, some other news this week. Um, sea of Stars, uh, which is coming to G- uh, Game Pass on August 29th, is also coming to PlayStation Plus uh, Extra tier on the same day. So this is the first time ever. Um, huh. We will have the uh, one game launching on both services on the same day. We have games that have been that have been on, and some games that are still on both services at the same time, but never a game launch like a day one game launch on both services at the same time. Oh, so, um, yeah, pretty crazy there. Um, Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons is out now on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, kind of crazy yep. just kind of shadow drop that usually they, they announce it like a week in advance and like it comes out and like this is like no it's out now so pretty cra- pretty crazy yeah that initially did happen what was interesting in that is they actually did showcase the special feature the special mode you get from combining the two which is that yeah, dungeon password. because you could have only done it back in the day if you had two game boy colors and stuff linked yeah. together and have two save files that had finished the game. It gives me hope for Four Swords <laughs> Adventures uh, on uh, Game Boy uh, NSO. That'd be great if we could actually like, do four-player online with that. Um, but Gables, the best news about this, yes. they announced all those games that were coming to Game Boy down the line for NSO. There's only one game left, Gables. Really? It's a Pokemon yeah. training card game. The greatest game of all time. <laughs> and I hope that if that Pokemon oh. Presents happens on August 8th, they officially reveal it there because it's got to be the August game because unless they like fuck me over and like they announce the next 20 as like we're just going to punt Pokemon training card game down the line. I'm so fucking pissed. Uh, this is like the, like the one thing I've been waiting for from them. The one Pokemon, the one like Game Boy game I actually care about uh, that I want to play now. They have the best. They have a good track record of putting out the games they uh, have. Yeah, well, they have the to, NSL. but I could just see it like a special fuck you just to me. Like, you know what? We're gonna announce like 15 more. We're gonna put <laughs> we're gonna put another Gar- Gargoyles game out, 
before we put out this game. Just, just to <laughs> fuck Tyler over. Uh, yeah, I see him doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm actually excited to check these games out because uh, I remember they were like late Game Boy Color games, so I had a Game Boy Advance at that point. Um, around that oh, point. Yeah. Uh, so like at that point, I was like, I didn't want to play old games on my Game Boy Advance. So uh, I was a dumb kid. So uh, I miss those games, and I've always been more of a Zelda 2D guy than a 3D 3D guy. So, um, you, any chance you can jump back into these? What jump uh, back into Oracles? What? Yes, absolutely. Because I have the original games, right? But I've never beaten the original games, so this is a new experience even for me because I've played bits of these Zelda games on the Game Boy, but at the same time, you know, even like with Link's Awakening with Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, and stuff. They're all fantastic games, but it's going to be my first time actually delving into them deeply in regards to the, like, Nintendo Switch Online, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Be uh, whenever there's a gap between big games coming out, which seems like never... I mean, we'll get into them. Uh, Final Fantasy Fourteen Gables is coming to Xbox, finally, in spring 20, uh, 2024. Yeah. Uh, they also announced that other uh, Square Enix games will be coming to Xbox as well. There was a report out that there was like a, an issue between Xbox and Square Enix. Uh, we never really got any idea what it was exactly, but um, there's some friction there. And it sounds like maybe they patched it together at the uh, Final Fantasy Fan Fest in Vegas going on right now. Um, they, the Phil Switcher came out with Yoshi P and they announced this. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. You know, it's like it's crazy that this like, you know, about a year. It's, I don't know how big. It's, it's still pretty big, but I, I maybe it's just one of the things that kind of fades in the background, but still super popular but i mean there was that point last year where they had to yeah. like stop selling the game because they couldn't uh support the the um the online anymore because it was getting so it was so big so uh yeah cool cool to see it there more people get a chance to play it and <clears throat> just means more more money for uh xbox and final fantasy so or square enix rather so, yeah. absolutely um next up here though red Dead redemption a new a new logo is up on the website uh, on the on the on the red dead huh. website uh we talked about there was a, there's been that long rumored um, remaster that they're working on that they actually they actually did talk about that they stopped working on to work on something else. I think I don't think I remember what they ever said it was. Um, and then there was a uh, a, a, a rating came out from South Korea uh, for for a Red, Red Dead Redemption remaster uh, about a month ago. Yeah. And then also today uh, it went up that on the the back end of the PlayStation, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, was on there so uh, sounds like it's ah. more and more likely and maybe coming pretty soon so keep that in mind uh, like a dragon Gaiden the man who erased his name coming November 9th uh, to everything uh, sounds like it's only going to be digital uh, in in the uh, in North America so we know it's, there's physical copies available um, in like Japan uh, I noticed this because when they first put it out uh, when it was up for the pre-order on the PSN I looked at it, it as only 50 bucks. I was like, oh, that's kind of shocking. Like, that's only a $50 game. That's weird. Um, and this sounds like this might be the case. They put a tweet out saying that you can you can uh, buy the game digitally now, but there was no, there's nothing about, you know, pre-ordering like a, at a Walmart or Amazon or anything like that. So uh, we've seen this with Alan Wake 2 now. Oh. So maybe it's just a case of like, uh, you know, we see digital become bigger and bigger. Maybe it's a case of like most people just probably just buy this, is buying it digitally. So it's just cheaper to, you know, they're putting a box out there. So. I don't give you're the you're the physical guy. How 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 do you feel about this? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I mean I kinda of find that surprising, but at the same time, this is the trend that we're leaning towards right now. If you have 
if you have specific like retailers in other countries or something that are not even packing physical games now, I mean, the aspect, you know, the the idea of like a company, you know, like Sega or something like that, not even releasing a physical form of like say one of their Yakuza games or some or just one of their games in general. I mean, it's not out of the question because other developers and other publishers have done that, but at the same time, you know, it's like it is surprising because even with like brick and mortar like stores and stuff, having that initial game release is like coming inside stores inside what remains of GameStops or whatever remains of like mom and pop shops and stuff. That, in my honest opinion, is like a small step in regards to a more grander type of move and stuff. But to be perfectly honest, this isn't as big as what I'm kind of making it out to be and stuff. But I would really be surprised if, say, I don't know, like, say, the next Call of yeah. Duty game is going to be digital only. Or if it's like another, like, say, the last, like, the Madden or whatever. If it's like a big franchise that everybody loves, but it's digital only. That's when people are going to start losing. Yeah, their that's shit. that's when when the, the, the big big games start doing it. That's when you got to be like really concerned. So, uh, yeah, it's like game, like games like this, like Alan Wake Two, like these smaller studios, um, like they're bigger, they're big studios, but they're not, you know, they're not obviously not the AAA studios. Uh, they got to save for every buck they can. So I know this is Sega, but it's not a huge franchise out there. Like it's got a big, it's got a hardcore, but it's not like uh, it's not like this isn't, you know, this isn't a huge franchise. Um, pretty crazy here, Gables. Uh, that Twisted Metal show oh. that we've all been clowning on and dunking yeah. on for like a, a year plus now uh, might actually be good. Yeah. Uh, it is a uh, <laughs> it is a 65% Rotten Tomatoes, which is different than like you know an Open Critic or Metacritic. Like that is, does not mean it's a 65 out of 100. That means 65% um, of people have given it a pretty positive review. Uh, it's like a 92% audience score out of 100. So, like this game, this show might actually be pretty good. Gables, who would have thought? Oh, who would have thought? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really trust a lot of the reviews unless I watch or play something with my. Well, own. yeah, everybody's different, but I mean, I typically when things review well, uh, when everybody's saying something's good, our things are mostly good. Like they usually are good. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty shocked. Oh. Uh, it's coming to Peacock uh, next. Oh no, I think the episode one is out now. Uh, I think it's out. I think so. Fuck. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch it now. We're gonna both watch it. Gables, I want to talk about it next week. <laughs> um, report back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm shocked. This is something I thought would be like a like a 32 on Rotten Tomatoes. Not, I was not expecting an actual an actual positive score of 65 here. So, um, unless what? It's only like one. What? But it's only like what one episode? Well, no, this is like the whole season is a sixty-five. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um. But that was reviewed the only the first episode. I think only the first episode's out right now, but the reviews are for the whole season. So. Um, yeah. Wow. So um and last but not least here though Gables, PS5 have surpassed forty million units sold. So uh, pretty crazy. Uh, they're they're trending a little slower than what the PS4 did, but obviously, um, we've seen them like catch up drastically. Um. You know the last about, about the last year or so because of it's actually in stock now you can buy them anywhere. Um, you know there's right. you know, obviously for the first like two plus years on the market it was a you know fight a small child to get one. Uh, so and now yeah now you can get them and like they're just kind of flying off the shelf. So 
Um, oh yeah, I know for exact. I know for like example in my area, I, my area is small as it is and stuff, and it has slews of yeah. PS5 consoles for sale. Like not just at Walmart, but also Costco and like other places around. They're readily available so much now to where you can actually see them sitting on yeah. store shelves yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, used to just while. like they like. I remember like going on GameStop once and someone asked about it. And like, yeah, yeah, we have one. And it's like, but they had it in the back. It's like, yeah, we don't want to put it out because we don't want people to, you know, to see that we have one kind of thing. It's like, we don't want to like, it's like not to like hide it from them, but it's like, we want to wait for people to ask that are actually going to buy one instead of just like, so I, well, you, know, you just like leave them in the back and bring it out when people buy them kind of thing. So now you like, I, last time I went to like GameStop, there was like just four PS5 sitting on the shelf. I'm like, huh. I'll tell you what, I think the most fun part about this uh, is just now streamlined stuff. A lot of the people back then with the PS5 first launch and stuff and just hoarded a yeah. whole hell of a lot of them and tried to sell them and stuff a bunch of the resellers and stuff like that just now are selling them yeah. for a loss because a lot of them can't even sell it off of the full like initial retail price of yeah. the PS5. Yeah. So they probably still made a bunch of money, but you know, it makes it makes me feel a little well, bit better yeah, right now. But like it just actually just makes me kind of laugh in that aspect and stuff because they thought that this train was probably going to last a lot longer than it was, but I'm just trying to think of like, why the fuck do you still have them? I would have still, you think those, like, you would have sold those things immediately. So I don't know. It's weird. Oh yeah. As soon as it became more available, I, if that were me and stuff, I would have sold the whole stock and just be done with it and move yeah, on to something yeah. else. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but let's move on to Gables. What we've been playing. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, buddy? Let's see. I'll go first this time only because like you, I haven't really played too much of stuff, but uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just been like uh, just chilling a little bit in regards to my gameplay type of stuff. I've just been playing little things like off and on the NSO and stuff. So I most recently completed a game of Mario Party Two to where it's like I decided to okay, let's go. What's going to happen if I go forth and like uh, do a whole fifty turn oh. sort of like uh, Mario Party game? And like to be expected, you know. It is complete bullshit. It's yeah. also kind of like monotonous too, right? But uh, what's hilarious is like I finished. I, in a span of like a month or something, I was chipping away little bits at a time at the turns, and I finally finished the game. Right, I finished. I ironically finished with like about, I think it was like two or three. Not like two. No, not two or three stars. I finished with like about seven stars or something like that. Like over three hundred some odd coins. And on top of that, I was I literally made enough coins inside the bank in order to buy the entirety of like one section of all the mini games and stuff like that for the the single ones, not like the two v two or one v three type of uh, mini games. But it was just kind of hilarious because going through this entire this entire course of a space one in Mario Party two, there was literally one turn I had had and stuff to where. I was separate. I was away, right? And, like, one of the AI characters, I think, made this move and stuff to uh, walk past a certain portion in the center, right? And this countdown stuff, right? And when it gets to zero, you have, like, from the top right corner all the way down to the bottom left, like, this laser that's set to fire off and stuff. Like, a Bowser laser set to fire off once that thing gets winded down. And I think at one point... I had the AI that did that like twice or something like that to the other AI characters. But in the span of like five turns, that happened like three times. 
because the AI characters kept going over the center part so many times. And I literally did it one time to where I did it myself, and I got all three AI characters and all their coins just went, just, <laughs> just uh, set them up just to go and suck a lot of that stuff out. But uh, other than that, I did play little bits of, like, say, Shredder's Revenge in the PS5. Still a fun-ass game, man. I mean, it's... It's very telling to me that a good quality beat em up, you don't have to like just involve a lot of time investment or something into that. You just play a couple stages and you feel pretty good about it. That's pretty much me because I played all the way to like about chapter five or something like that, or stage five in that damn uh, game. And I'm still enjoying the hell out of it, still enjoying little portions of it. It's the same thing with Dodgeball Academia. Played a little bit of that as well, you know, and like. I got to where, and I'm like, what, chapter five? I think I was like, I think I was like on, I finished up like uh, chapter four in terms of that stuff. Because uh, I beat the Onion Kid and stuff like that in his team that uh, is trying to keep you from like advancing onto the tournament and stuff. Just black, not blackmailing, but like setting you up in terms of like getting a detention stuff just the, the same day of like uh, you facing off against his team or something like that. In that dodgeball tournament. But yeah, both of those games, Dodgeball Academia and then Shredder's Revenge, excellent games. Excellent games that uh, is just one of the handful that I have finished in the past couple of years to where I feel comfortable just replaying certain aspects of them and it feels almost almost exactly the same type of fun that I had with like the other ones. Like the, uh, like the first time I played them, I should say. But uh, other than that, though, that's really much what I've been playing. Right. Um, so I mentioned at the top here, I only, I've only been playing one game, uh, one new game, um, and uh, been playing Oxfree 2. Uh, I've only been able to play for like about an hour and a half, so I've just been very tired today. So, um, and yeah. uh, so people, I, I played Oxfree back in like 2016. I bought it when like day came out. Super pumped for this game because it was like uh, a lot of people that worked on like the Telltale Walking Dead games. Um, Skybound, I believe, published it, which is the uh, people that um, published like the like Telltale Walking Dead stuff like that. Like that's actually the creator yeah. of Walking Dead, like that's his studio. So, um, incredibly pumped for this. This is Night School was the name of the publisher. They did like Oxfree, then they also did uh, After Party, which that game was great as well. Um, and uh, now they're owned by Netflix. So, um, I think if you have a Netflix subscription, you can just play the game on your phone. Uh, but it's on like PlayStation and Switch and steam as well but uh anyways uh i've loved i adored the game on 2000 in 2016 oxfree one and uh I, like was banging the table for this game and then uh I remember like a bunch of people like it came out on switch shortly after launch and like it had like a sale for like five dollars like it seemed like the game really kind of blew up more after that i remember i remember a lot of people just kind of talk about the game after that uh but anyways um so this game that's like you know it's uh it's a very unique art style and the fact that like so it's like a 2D side scroll, but it's like very uh, zoomed out. So like you can't really see faces or anything like that. But it's all it's like a it's a narrative adventure. Uh, we like we're solving puzzles and stuff along the way. Uh, but like the first game, like you go to I believe it's oh god was it uh, Emerald Island I want to say, uh, but it takes place in Washington State. Um, and it's like an island. Like these kids in the first game, like these kids, are like I believe they're partying on a beach, and like a bunch of random shit like happens, and like they're like. So I'm just going to kind of spoil kind of the idea of what happens in, in the first game. So like basically you find out like this island that you're on is like a uh, like they were like 
it was like during World War II, like a submarine with a bunch of uh, American soldiers on it, like like sank or exploded or something happened, and like they were doing like these weird experiments, and like you're in a, like you could see the ghost, and like it's all like a bunch of it's happening through like radio transmissions. You have like a radio, and you can like actually like go through all the like the channels and shit, and like you can find. And that's what you use a lot of times to solve the puzzles. And but it's all like the main the the, the, the just of the whole game is like really about the characters and like you like have the conversations as you're walking through these um through the the island stuff like that and the island's decent sized uh and like the conversations like the relationships you build along the way really type of what so it's about like you can like pick what you want to say back to them on the conversations you have uh and i really like that one i uh, love that game and this one it's kind of a builds up it's i believe it's five years after um this one happens and you're actually um this one you play as riley and like she like grew up in the in the town um that uh like it's nearby and uh she like left she comes back and then like she's working with her partner jacob they're working with this company it's like basically they're putting like uh uh transmissions down to like uh kind of i'm not really sure what the fuck they're doing for but basically putting like they're they're working for a company to like kind of set up stuff to like study the island and stuff and you know you, you like I said you're uh, riley and you have, you have a partner jacob that's with you and you're working together and like they're like to put down these satellites or transmissions to like you know do this job for this company and basically just kind of shit happens from there and with like you know there's more transmission shit that happens and it's just kind of like this mystery of like okay what's going on you're learning more about like what happened with with these these ghosts and like why they're here and all just like the, the to me the best part of this is just like learning about like these characters like their backstories and like Okay, like Riley has this like right. she like she wanted a reset in her life. And it's like okay, why she want that reset? You know, Jacob is like he grew up in the town, he never left. Uh, okay, what's going on with, with Jacob here? Like you have people you talk to on the walk. You have other people you're talking to on the walkie-talkie. Uh, there's Evelyn, who's like the person that like hired you to do the job. You're talking to her, and she's kind of like you know just kind of learning about these characters. Like th- that's what all. So the more anything, you know, it's like it's just learning about these characters. Like they do such a great job of building that growth of the characters. And like I said, I'm only like about 90 minutes in. And the problem with like a lot of these games, um, not really it's not so much of a problem, uh, I guess, but like, you know, like uh, like the Life of Strange games or like any of these kind of like narrative driven games, the first hour is always, it it, it takes a little bit to get going because uh, like it's so much setup. There's a lot of setup because obviously you're introducing a lot of characters and just kind of like the idea of why they're coming here. And like, but like, I feel like that first like 45 minutes was like a lot of that. And then like, now I'm like, okay, cool. Like now I'm into the game. Like, shit's happening what like you know you're solving them now you're like now i'm getting to like the puzzle solving you know learning about you know like jacob and riley and evelyn and these other people you bump into along the way and like what's going on, on this island um but like I, i'm loving all that but what does suck though one my one complaint i have is like you have these conversations and like every area like if you want to go to the next area it'll like go to load screen and you'll go to the next one the load screen is not long it's a few seconds not a big deal but what sucks sometimes and like it will tell you, like, you can you get the X button to go to the next screen. It will say, uh, conversation will continue, you know, when you go to the next screen. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. So I'll be in the middle of a conversation learning about, like, one of the points is, like, I, like Jacob was telling me, like, an important story about, like, this, like, lady that he, he met. You know, it was actually about the story, that the main storyline. And I went through the next area, and the, but it triggered the next event in the story. So, like, it just stopped. So I'm like... I just missed, and now like the stories continue on. I'm like, okay, I missed 
like I got the gist of what was happening, what he was gonna tell me, but it's like I missed the whole chunk of uh, stuff here, or like even like even side conversations that aren't really necessary to the plot. I'm like, well, I just missed, like I like I want to know about this, so like now I'm like sitting here like I don't want to go to the next screen because like I don't want to miss this conversation, so I'm just like sitting here, you know, like instead of like continuing progressing. And like where I need to go, because it's a bit of a hike to like the conversations are what fills the time in between the walks to those places. And right. now I'm just standing here listening to the conversation. Now I'm gonna have long walks of silence, possibly because I'm afraid to like lose this conversation because I'm, I'm so interested in these characters that I don't want to miss that. And like at one point where like sometimes they'll like they'll set up like uh, like I don't know like kind of like side quests where it's like hey if you like you bump into this can you do this for me or if you find this can you tell me. Like other characters will kind of give you like little things to do. Like they don't have to do; they're all you know optional. But it's like, hey, like, or like a little mystery or something like that. And it's like I was getting, I was there telling me one, and I was walking, I was talking to this person, and like, hey, if you find this, can you like let me know? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And then like you're continuing the conversation, like you're explaining to you, like kind of giving you a hint of where the thing could be, and I trigger the next event. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go now to even like possibly get this thing. Uh, I don't even actually know what the thing is I need to get. I just need to know like. So yeah, so like uh, that's like my one complaint I have now. It's like no, I'm just kind of like then these chunks of moments where I'm just kind of standing there waiting because I don't want to like at the at the edge of a screen because I want I don't want to click click X to go to the next screen. So, uh, but I'm still I love this game. Uh, this is like this is my jam. I love these style games. Uh, really happy that we got a second one. Never thought we'd get a second one. So yeah, excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it tomorrow. I'm gonna try to beat it tomorrow. I heard that it's like only like a five hour game. Um, so uh, yeah, and these these kind of games are better to beat in short chunks. You want to beat them in a few sittings or a course of a couple of days because uh, it's so narrative driven. I don't want to like forget major things or, what, or like what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm loving the game so far though. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been playing. So uh, yeah, but I think that will do it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like all that, please like I said, top of the show, like, follow, subscribe, go to Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, Facebook. Uh, at podcast but if i were a podcast are on um you know social media whatever just look up drunk nerds podcast look up uh drunk nerds or whatever uh you can also look you know in the, in the description down below there are links to all those things as well if you just want one click to get there and you know, like i said hit that like hit that five stars leave a review share with your friends tell your friends um really appreciate if you did all that for us but uh, i was hoping so, so i'm a colonel gable so until next time everyone thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the drunk dash nerds podcast and hey gables too sweet? Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs>